Hi, I'm Jennifer Z, and welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. Here's what you can expect from listening to Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy. My true passion is all about helping educate you, the listener, on food, fitness, and wellness. I educate through my own story and experiences on a multitude of topics, including inflammatory conditions, women's health, plant-based nutrition, fitness, and mindfulness. It's designed to teach you how you can become your most powerful self every single day. From interviews with today's top health, fitness, wellness, and spiritual experts, this podcast is a fun and happy atmosphere. So sit back and enjoy some of the amazing interviews that I have with experts and people who have completely transformed their lives through plant-based nutrition, fitness, and wellness. And if you love this podcast and would love to see it grow with even more incredible episodes, you now have the opportunity to support the Jennifer Z podcast by visiting jenniferz.com forward slash podcast. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-Z-E-E.com forward slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T. This helps me amp up the podcast finding more incredible guests while increasing the number of episodes being published. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Jennifer Z community. Hey guys, Jennifer Z here. Thanks for listening to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy podcast. So lately I have been getting out a lot. I've been meeting a lot of new people and It's really funny because this next conversation with Marina Yanai Triner is basically a combination of all of these conversations that I've been having with people. So it wasn't really intentional, but I just thought how funny it was that things kind of happen for a reason and this conversation definitely did. So some of the things that I've been talking to with people who I've been meeting, uh, it's funny because once they find out I'm into plant-based nutrition, they're like, well, you know, what do you eat? How do you do it? How do you order in a restaurant? How do you make meals when you're busy? And all of these things that came up, uh, Marina and I actually talk about. So it's pretty amazing how things translate to the podcast world. One of the interesting things that came up in a couple of conversations actually was the topic of a rare bladder disease called interstitial cystitis. And I have talked about it before on the podcast with Banana Blondie in a previous episode, but I really hadn't talked about it much after that. Although it did come up in a couple of my conversations with people in person and Marina actually has a very interesting experience with it where her mother suffered from interstitial cystitis and was able to reverse it with plant-based nutrition. So I thought this is the perfect episode to bring up right now uh, given all the conversations that I've had. Marina Yanai Triner from Soul in the Raw is a plant-based health coach and recipe developer. Marina creates quick, easy, and delicious vegan recipes and writes about the health benefits of a plant-based diet rich in fresh foods, focusing on evidence-based nutrition information. 
She helps clients go and stick to plant-based eating through her one-on-one and group coaching programs. Marina went vegan over seven years ago, inspired by her mother's incredible healing story of reversing a crippling bladder disease, interstitial cystitis. She has been able to reverse her own PMS symptoms and encourage emotional healing from trauma as a result of this transition. She is incredibly passionate about the vegan diet for human health, animal welfare, and the well-being of our planet, all of which she envisions as holistic and codependent. I am super excited to chat with Marina all about the things that I've been chatting with in person with other people. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Marina. Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. Hi, Jennifer. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. So you have a pretty cool story of how you became plant-based. And I know that so many people have all these different stories, but I think that yours is super cool. So can you share that story with us? Thank you. Yeah, of course. I think always like hearing other people's stories is so powerful. So um, this was seven years ago now, a little more even. And what happened was my mother, she got really sick. She had IC interstitial cystitis, which uh, is a bladder disease. It's not very common, but it's very debilitating. And she had it for eight years. And it was so bad that she didn't even leave the house. Like she had to be close to a bathroom at all times and had really like she was in so much pain. And then she found the plant-based lifestyle. She actually fasted and she reversed her disease completely, uh, something which the doctors were not able to do. And it was so impressive to my partner and I, even though we were actually overseas at the time, that we were like, we have to try this. So at first we went raw vegan. And it's funny because then I didn't realize um, what my stake in it was. I think that I was just in the mindset of like, oh, I want to prevent this disease, which I could also have and just prevent any other diseases that I could potentially have uh, because food was always in the back of my mind, something important and something that influenced my health. I made that connection. Um, But I didn't realize the parts of myself, you know, that are really uh, my personal stake in this. And I think there are two major things. One of them is PTSD. So trauma that I have in my life was really impacted by my food choices, which was really amazing and still is. And the second one was PMS, which I suffered from really badly. And I really think it has to do with actually the trauma. Um, I had really, really bad PMS. I mean, I, it was out of control. Like I couldn't function for a full day of my, of my period. The first day I had, I took 10 painkillers to even like fun to say hello, you know, to get up from bed. It was so bad. And 
um, it was just not normal. And the doctors were just giving me painkillers. They didn't tell me what I could do. So it was amazing. It took me like five years to figure out um, how to eat really, really healthy in a way that helped me completely reverse it. That's amazing. And I, I totally understand what's P, with the PMS. Um, sometimes people call endometriosis like PMS on steroids. And I know, and I was actually diagnosed with premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is PMDD, which is another form of PMS on steroids. And I really didn't make the connection back then with my moods and my periods and my cycle and whether it was heavy or not. And until I went plant-based and it was crazy how rapidly my PMS symptoms changed. And at first they kind of, they were still there, but they were just less noticeable. And I think that we all kind of get to that point in our lives when we have these issues where we feel like that's normal. Like, yeah, you probably thought taking 10 painkillers a day was just how you had to deal with your first day of your cycle. And that was your normal. And it's so amazing that when we finally make that change and we start seeing the positive changes in our bodies and how we feel that we look back and we're like, oh my gosh, that was anything but normal. Yeah, that's really true. But the thing is that when I first went raw vegan, I was trying to be completely raw. I was pretty much completely raw for four years. It didn't reverse. And I was really confused and frustrated. And just because you said yours was quick, which is amazing. And I know, I know that that is the case for so many women. And I was just so frustrated. Like I am reading these stories. It's happening for other women. Why am I still stuck. And part of it was the food and um, not eating. I thought I was eating healthy, but I wasn't. I wasn't um, eating things like beans or whole grains, which I consider really healthy now. And I was really scared of them because that's what my mom did. And I just followed in her footsteps. I didn't even um, research the. I mean, I did research the information, but it wasn't really based on science. It was really based on people's stories, which as we said, they're super powerful and um, incredible and inspiring, but I don't think that's enough. And then the mood thing that you said, that's fascinating to me because even these days, even if I eat really healthy and everything, and I'm still stressing, or more importantly, I have emotions building up that I don't deal with in some way, whether it's meditation or dialogue with friends or Um, deep breathing or just bringing them to the surface, I kind of tend to suppress them, which is, which is, we chatted before the recording. I feel that it's a very like Eastern European way to deal with things. Don't talk (laughs) about it. (laughs) You, you, you're crying. Okay. Well, stop crying. And next, you know? So, so to me, it's so important to cry, to just bring that all up and deal with it. And because emotions are really physical, people don't get that. It's, it's the same as having cramps. It's a physical thing in your body. And if you don't let it out or you don't um, give it the space that it's asking you, it's just going to stay there. It's going to be present. It's not just going to go away. So I find that to be really powerful as well. Well, and I find our emotions can manifest into something physical as well, like a chronic illness and stuff like that. And I love that you mentioned 
the emotional piece because I think that, and for me, the reason why I call, I don't like to call it the plant-based diet. I like to call it the plant-based lifestyle because for me, it's food, fitness, and wellness. So it's those three pieces involved in my life. And that's how my life works so well. If I did, if I just had the plant-based food without the meditation or without the exercise, it wouldn't work so well for me. And I think that you brought up another important point too, is just because one thing works for one person, everyone is an individual, they have different feelings, um, different issues. And I think that, you know, everyone should sort of look at, should take from other stories, but should actually look at, look within and say like, okay, what's working for me? What's not working for me? It's just like people who, who like certain foods and don't like other foods, what's working. And that's why, especially with plant-based nutrition, it's so great because, and a lot of times what I do with clients is I have them continue with a food journal, but it's not just a food journal. I, I want them to write out their emotions as well. So I ate this today. How did you feel after that? And they can go back and look at it weeks, you know, months later and say, Oh, oh yeah, I remember eating that and it happened again and I didn't feel great or I was eating this way and I felt this way and just making those observations and also revisions to how you're living your life. And I always say too, it's progress over perfection. So it's not like just because you have one thing that you're doing now it doesn't mean you have to do the exact same thing for the rest of your life because people grow, they change and life changes, life happens. That's so true. Yeah. I really like everything that you just said. And um, also just paying attention to like the state, the emotional state that we're in when we eat, because yeah. the thing is, I don't think that, um, I mean, I do think that my food choices now have really impacted the level of post-traumatic stress disorder that I have. I think it has had an impact. Um, I haven't seen a lot of science on it, and I'm really, really curious to see if there... I know that there's uh, science on like things like anxiety and depression, but I haven't seen much on PTSD. But I firmly believe that um, there's a lot of violence that goes into food, you know, the meat and dairy industry. And when we eliminate that, it really helps find peace. You know, I feel like I really have found so much more peace in my life ever since I went plant-based. But I also think that going plant-based and vegan really opened my eyes to all these things that you're talking about, that it's not just about food. That's not the only element of health that's important. I kind of think of it as a basis. I think that it's crucial uh, to have that in place. But then there are other things because if you're just eating healthy and then the rest of your life is a mess, like you said, I noticed that with a lot of coaching clients that they have so much stress in their lives. And when they put in the nutrition piece into place and they start eating healthy, all of a sudden they realize, oh, I really want to take care of my body. It feels really 
really good to really care about myself. I am valuable and my energy levels, they really impact my ability to do amazing things in the world, to be present with my family. So it's really beautiful to see that happen. And then this is what happened to me. And I see this all the time with my coaching clients that then they start to uh, adopt new like behaviors and habits around their health that have to do with stress management and emotions and just being more aware of every part of their, their life, not just the food. Yeah. And I think that that's a great thing to mention too. Like it can start with the food, but what happens is it expands to all areas of your life. And I love what you said about you know, the, the violence that goes into certain things that you're eating. And it brings me back to a book that I read. It was called the world peace diet. Have you read Mm -hmm. that book? I haven't, but I've heard, um, it's Will Tuttle, right? Yes. Dr. Will Tuttle. It's honestly, it's, I I had him on my online summit, my Mm plant-based summit. And, um, and I picked up the book, I read it and I thought I have to have him on the summit. And I think that you would love that book and our listeners would love it too. And it does talk about all of the things that you were just mentioning, how, um, how eating animal protein, for example, what goes into uh, the violence behind getting that, let's say, piece of steak to your plate. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's something to be said about that. And it really goes deep. So it's one of those books that you kind of have to be in the mood, in the mood to read. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can't remember if I went to his lecture in San Diego or my friends went and then I listened, but I almost feel like I was there um, because it was very powerful and really, I really connected to the things that he said. Yeah, I definitely want to read that book. Oh yeah, he's, he's pretty amazing. But you know, I think here in North America for all of us, I think that we're very spoiled and especially right now. I think right now this plant-based movement is just going full tilt, full, full force ahead. Um, but I think that there are pla- there are still places where people are struggling to order plant-based in restaurants and they're struggling to find certain items in grocery stores. And I know that you've had this experience. You lived in Jerusalem for a little while where at the time, the very thought of going plant-based was unimaginable or even unattainable for some people. Uh, but I do think that that's expanding globally as well. So maybe we should talk about that a little bit, just about so, for some of our listeners who may be still struggling, maybe living in a place where they go to a restaurant and try to order plant-based and they kind of get laughed at. Um, so maybe we could talk about some tips on on how they can, because I think that if they're not equipped with the tools to make that transition sustainable, then I think that it will just revert to, it's like, well, why am I trying when it seems like the odds are against me? So maybe we can chat a little bit about how we can help these people who are like really thinking about just reverting back to their old diets. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen that happen a lot. So I would start, I would take a step back and start with your why. Because um, for me and for my partner, we were the, I mean, we were two people. So that's nice because we had each other. But other than the two of us, we did not know anyone in Jerusalem who was a vegan or plant-based or whatever. And even his family thought we were nuts (laughs) at first. (laughs) Now they're, all of them are mostly plant-based. I bet. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so happy about that. 
Um, and so I think it was really about number one, knowing our why really strongly. And I think we were both so impacted with my mom's story that it was just in the forefront of our minds. And then, I mean, I'm sure that whoever you are, you have a reason for why you want to be plant-based. So what I would recommend is not only having that reason, but having it visible in front of you every day. So this is what I have my clients do, just print out a statement of why they want to do this. And there's a really cool exercise where you can actually, it's called like five whys, I think. And you actually ask yourself, why, 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 why five times. So you can go from, I want to be plant-based for my health to basically, I want to be there for my children, my grandkids, or, you know, I want to do this business I'm super passionate about or different things like that. And then um, print out that deep, deep statement that you truly feel connected to with your whole heart, print it out, put it in your kitchen, see it every day and really connect to it emotionally daily and not just read it. I think that makes a huge difference. And then saturate your mind with plant-based everything. Like I remember I used to obsessively go on YouTube. This was my morning routine. It wasn't even on purpose. I just enjoyed it, but it really helped me watch videos, get more education. And that made me feel more normal because I felt really alone. So I would see, oh, all these you know, different people in the world are also doing this and it felt really good. So if you cannot have a community where you are, and you might be surprised, like you might find a local community on Meetup, on Facebook, and then go meet with them in person. I think that's the most powerful you can do. But if you can't, then at least having an, an online community is also really great. And then once you have those pieces in place, you know why you want to do this, um, and you have some kind of community, I think those are really powerful because it makes it a lot easier to do. Um, it's really, honestly, at home, it's really easy to do, unless, of course, you live in a place that's a food desert, which is, wow, I mean, that's a whole like other problem that we have here in the US and probably other places in the world. But if you have a grocery store or if you can order, like what we used to do is we used to order organic fruits and vegetables and they would come to our house and they were just so beautiful and it made it really easy to it's kind of like a csa box if if yeah. uh, your listeners are aware yeah, that's and great. that made it really easy and then you know just getting lentils and beans and whole grains really really easy almost everywhere in the world, even if you're traveling. So in your own kitchen, it's pretty easy. Now, when you eat out, it can be more challenging. So I have several suggestions for that. Um, if you literally don't have a single vegan restaurant where you live and you're just going, let's say, with your partner out to dinner and they're eating steak and you're not, you can always look at the menu and see what kinds of vegetables are on the menu. And you can tell the restaurant, you can tell your server, look, my doctor told me, I like that sentence, because it always works. My doctor They get told serious. Me, yes, they're like, oh, okay, okay, now I'm paying attention. Okay, this is not just like a weird thing that you have using the V word, do not use it. So my doctor told me I cannot eat 
and then you list it out. This is what we, in Costa Rica, we literally would list it out. You know, I don't eat this in like small villages where people, where we would say vegano and they were like, what? <laughs> we don't know what you're saying. <laughs> so we would say no meat, no fish, no this and this. And you, you can just tell them, look, can you give me a baked potato with hot sauce or just salt, like a baked potato? Mm. Can you give me a salad without dressing? And you can bring avocado with you. I have a lot of friends who do that. They just literally bring an avocado and they ask for a salad with lemon juice and they add the avocado. Um, you could call the restaurant ahead of time and arrange it if you want to feel more comfortable. You know, you don't want to just have this whole conversation. And then if you're going with your whole family, let's say, this is a tip I heard from Chef AJ that I think is funny, but also awesome. Yeah. Isn't she great? Um, what she says to do, which I think is brilliant, is to call ahead and tell them, look, I'm going to bring my own food. I'm going to give it to you and you're going to put it on a plate and I'm going to just pay for it like a meal, you know, mm -hmm. and then you don't feel like a weirdo, <laughs> which I know it can feel like you're like this weirdo who's eating their own thing. But this way you feel like, oh, we're all eating together. I'm eating with you and nobody knows. So it's a range of options. Honestly, I usually say like, I'm vegan. Do you have anything vegan? I'm comfortable with that. But every person can find what they're comfortable with, um, a perfect option for them. And I just want you to know it is doable almost no matter where you are. If you're in a place that literally doesn't have grocery stores, that is a ridiculous problem that we together have to solve. But other than that, it's doable and it's possible to be plant-based anywhere. I totally agree with that. And one more thing that I think that a lot of people um, need to stop being afraid of is don't be afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. Like, don't be afraid to call ahead and say, look, this is my circumstance and I want to come there. Most restaurants, they want you to come to their restaurant and they want you to have a good time and they want you to be able to eat something. So I'm because most of the restaurants I know before going, I'm looking on Yelp, I'm looking on Open Table, like I want to see the reviews. So, for instance, I call ahead and I say, Look, I'm vegan and I'm gluten free, and I'm bringing family members who are non vegans, and we all want to have a good time. They're like, Okay, well, don't worry about it. We will take care of it. And they make a note, and you get there, and you just can't be afraid to ask. And in the beginning I was, and it was always weird because I try to whisper to the, the waiter or the waitress and they'd be like, what, <laughs> like, <laughs> what did you say? Vegan. And then, you know, it's hard because I would say plant-based sometimes. And they were like, well, what's that? Because that's different than vegan as well now. So I'm just like, yeah. Just don't bring any, just bring me all the sides of vegetables you have on the menu steamed, nothing on them. And usually yeah. they would bring like, I've been to some restaurants, steakhouses even, where I've gotten, I'll say, here's what I can eat. Here's what I can't eat. Make something great. And they come back and everyone at the table is like, oh my gosh, what is that? I want that. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. You're so right about not being afraid to ask. And you also reminded me, you know, one step forward, like if you really want to get healthy, then I would call that whole food plant-based. And of course, 99% of restaurants probably have no idea what, what you mean mm -hmm. um, without oil, without sugar, like what, what, what am I eating? Um, so 
But yeah, it was left exactly. So there's many different options. Like you can look for steamed, like you said, steamed vegetables, steamed brown rice, which, you know, or quinoa or something like a whole grain that's cooked without any oil. Um, and you can ask them as well. And I couldn't agree more. You know, you just need to ask, be your own advocate. And just remember, this is your health. Okay. At the end of the day, you're going to pay the price for it, not your family, not the restaurant. So that feels really empowering to me when I take the decision into my own hands and telling them, look, I don't, that my doctor said I cannot have oil. I cannot have sugar. Uh, I just want to put something plain. Like, can you bring me beans just cooked in water or, you know, whatever they can suggest. And I really do think they can come up with some awesome things. And then the other thing is you're really paving the way for other people. So see yourself as an amazing advocate. That's really supporting other people who are then going to come there and also ask. And together we're all building this amazing movement in all the these cities that never had vegan options and now they do. So really cool. I totally agree with that. And I love that you said like be empower yourself. I mean, I am the one who was going through flare ups with endo every single month. And you know, it wasn't, I wasn't going, I, I, today I can speak about it and say, I'm not about to go to a restaurant and order what they have on the menu as opposed to what I can eat and then suffer from another flare up just because Mm -hmm. I'm too embarrassed to ask for a certain thing. But I think that that comes with experience and time as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think too, like so many people are, are wanting to go plant-based, but they think that it's like too difficult or they don't know where to start. Or the biggest thing that I hear is I'm too busy. And I Mm -hmm. always say like, everyone's busy. It's just, how do you prioritize? Some people are too busy to work out. Others aren't. Some people are too busy to go for a bike ride at the end of the day, or they're too tired. Some people are not. And you were very busy when you went through your transition. So maybe you can talk a little bit about how you kind of like overcame those challenges and worked over the obstacles and, and made it all work, even though you had a hectic schedule as well. Yeah, absolutely. I um when when we were getting started, I was working three jobs and I was a full-time master's student. So I remember I would literally leave the house at like 8 a.m. and come back sometimes 9, 10 p.m. It was a crazy schedule. Um to be honest, when I was starting, I was just at a loss. I tried to grab whatever I could, but now of course I have a much better system which is meal prep. Meal prep will save your life. So first of all, like Jennifer said, I think that you, Jennifer, because you went through this terrible, terrible pain physically in your body, you have that reason in front of your eyes. And then busyness is just not an option. Like it doesn't matter because your health comes first. And that's also how I feel. I know, I mean, sometimes I so take my health for granted, but if I ever don't have energy or if I ever have any kind of pain, I'm like, whoa, this is what people feel like. I can't believe it <laughs> because I just, I, I forgot, you know, how it feels like I, I just, not it's no longer your norm. Yeah. It's just so cool that we get like, 
sometimes when I'm hiking, for example, I think, wow, like I'm so lucky because my body, literally, I tell it, okay, now you're going to hike 10 miles and my body is ready to go. So if you are suffering right now, you might not even realize it. Tune into that because sometimes exactly it's like our norm and we think that this is how we're meant to feel our whole lives and it's not like you don't deserve to live that way trust me you can have so much better your body can feel so much better and you can give so much more of yourself to other people when you're operating from energy vitality excitement so tuning into that is really powerful and so I knew, I knew I had to do everything I could and I had to give it a hundred percent because that's my priority. So to get really practical, it's all about meal prep. So what I do on the weekend, because I am a business owner, I work a lot, um, I'm really active, I do so many things. And so I also don't have time. On the weekend, I'll pick a day where I will batch cook and usually it takes me three hours for two people, but it's so worth it. Also, I will note that I really like to cook and I make fancy. I guess fancier meals. I just enjoy like exciting food, but you can make this super, super, super simple. I mean, mm -hmm. really easy. You can, I believe you can do it in an hour or two um, for the week. And when you batch cook, so what the method that I teach and use is to make a batch of whole grains, a batch of legumes, beans, lentils, a batch of or two even of sauces and then some vegetables that can be steamed they can be roasted oil free however you like to make them um, and then if you're really really busy you can even chop up your fresh vegetables and then during the week all you have to do is combine this into different meals every day um, for example, I'll just give you an example. Buddha bowls are amazing. I mean, I, to be honest, that's what I eat for dinner every day because a Buddha bowl can have different veggies, different grains, different legumes, a different dressing. And then to me, it's like a whole new meal. But if you don't want to do a Buddha bowl every day, you can do a Buddha bowl. Then you can do pasta, which you cook in, I don't know, seven minutes and then add some beans, mm -hmm. add some uh, roasted vegetables and you have a meal, you know, so just mixing it up every night, um, every day, it just, it makes it so much easier when you have that stuff pre cooked and pre-planned and prepped. And yes, it feels like it takes a bit of time, but then I'm telling you during the week, it's going to take you 10 minutes to throw your meal together. And there's just truly no excuse because for every busy one of us, there are people who have it so much worse. Oh, totally. And I think that that's the one, that's what I do too. I do my meal prep usually on Sundays and I love to batch cook the things that take the longest to make. And then I can make a huge amount of mm, and yeah. literally, and I, and I'm generally during the week cooking for two, sometimes three people. So what I like to do is yes, it will. And it also takes me about two hours, two and a half hours as well. In the beginning stages, when I was using fewer ingredients, it took less time um, and you know, when you start soaking your beans and doing all that stuff, it's just like a method that you kind of have to, I literally get home from the grocery store. I know which type of beans I'm going to use that week. I soak them on, I'll do groceries. Like let's say on a Saturday, I'll soak them. So they're ready on Sunday. But before that, it was like, I didn't know how to soak beans and I didn't know what no. I was doing. So I'd soak them. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is going to take forever. But once you get it down to that science where it's literally, you're doing it, you know, you've got to block out those two or three hours 
those two or three hours are like nothing when you get home on a Monday or a Tuesday and you're exhausted and you're like, Oh my God, dinner is ready. I just yes. have to throw it all together. Like you, you're totally. your own like fairy godmother. You've literally <laughs> just made your entire week. So, so yeah. You, and anything that requires work is going to have a good payoff in the end anyway. And it's just like working out. If you want to get fit, you have to go to the gym. There's no way around it. If you want to have an easy week of eating healthy meals, you need to make them. You need to put in the time. And if you're not willing to do that, well, then it's just not going to work unless you, you know, order from a food service or something like that. Um, if you're like that busy, but I think you're right when you said, you know, everyone is busy. Everyone has those moments. It's just prioritizing and making a schedule for yourself. I mean, you have a schedule at work. You should also have a schedule at home too. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing you really reminded me of is when I think we've gotten so spoiled and so used to comfort as a society. And even though, don't don't get me wrong, I really appreciate all the comforts that I have. Oh, yeah, I'm so, <laughs> yeah, I'm just so grateful for them. At the same time, one of my favorite activities has become backpacking in nature. And it's really hard. Like, it's literally the hardest thing ever, carrying that backpack for miles and all of that. And that really made me realize that get going through challenges whether it's like you have kids and you have to make this food and it requires time and maybe you're a little tired doing it but having that challenge or working out it's a it's challenging it's hard but when you do it and when you're done you feel so good and you really grow as a person so i think that this can teach us all and i know it's teaching me to Breathe through challenges and really um, start to like challenges because they help me grow as a person. And at the end of the day, I, I become such a happier person for it. So um, that's just one way to look at it that I really love. And it's not that I'm perfect. Of course, I whine and complain sometimes, but that's something I'm working on, you know, just telling myself, wow, I'm so lucky. Like I have a pressure cooker, for example. Um, that can help me cook faster. Um, so I just tell myself that, and then I really try to appreciate the challenges as well. Well, yeah. And I totally agree with that too. And it's very empowering. I mean, before I went plant-based, I was the sole cook in my house, but I could barely cook. And thank God I went plant-based because honestly, I was making terrible meals. And it was literally the same thing every single night with like a different variation, or maybe I would just put like the vegetables on one side of the plate instead of the other side that night. But it was so mundane and so painful and it was just like soul sucking. And now I, because there's so many things I can make and now that I'm more experienced with it. I actually enjoy cooking. I enjoy going to the grocery store. I enjoy making meals that I know I'm going to love. And, you know, previous to this, I would make a meal, not even want to eat it. I'd make it for my family. And they're like, are you going to eat? I'm like, no, like, I'm not even excited about it. But now my meals, I'm literally sitting down before anyone else and finishing before anyone else. That's so true. I feel the exact same way. I hated cooking before 
I hated it. I didn't know what, how to do it. I didn't really do it. And now, I mean, how can you not get excited when you see a plate of all these colors? Because food that is not plant-based is just like gray or brown, you yeah. know? Well, we, you know what? I have to actually put your link to your Instagram on the show notes because some of your bowls are just like, I, I literally, I'm like in a trance looking through, scrolling through your Instagram. I'm just like, oh my God, they all look so good. And they're so colorful and vibrant. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I just love those colors so much. So one of the things, like we talked about people not having enough time, but another thing that I hear a lot from, especially new clients and even people who I randomly meet and they find out I'm plant-based and they have this huge fear around a few things with plant-based living. So one of the things is they feel like they're going to be deprived of food in general. And we just talked about how there's just so much more um, than like typical Western diet. When you go plant-based, there's so many more options. And then another few things are they're afraid that they're going to become deficient in certain vitamins and minerals. and um, one of the things I've talked to talked about way too many times on this show is where do you get your protein? And I don't want to talk about it in this episode because I feel like I get asked all the time still, but uh, I actually made a video on YouTube addressing it so that if anyone else asks me, I just give them the YouTube link because I'm so sick of talking about it. But I think with respect to like the food deprivation and stuff like that, when I finally figured out, and this is back to what you were talking about with the meal planning and finding a few staple recipes just to, when you're first beginning, using a few, using fewer ingredients as well, I never went hungry once I figured that out. But I mean, in the beginning stages though, I was, it was through trial and error. I went hangry a bunch of times and I know that you like to study like the science be behind nutrition and stuff like that. So maybe we can talk about some for the people who are afraid of that becoming deficient in certain vitamins and minerals, not protein though. Um, maybe you can talk about some evidence-based um, information on just how plant-based nutrition fulfills all of those requirements and that, you know, we're not a bunch of plant-based people running around full of deficiencies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. First of all, I saw a really funny shirt today. I was at the San Diego Animal Rights March oh, and yeah. someone had a shirt that says, it contains a cuss word. I mean, it contains not my favorite word, but I still thought this, this shirt was funny. It said, how do you get your protein bitch peas? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so anyway, it was funny. Um, yeah, no, no protein conversation here. No. Okay. So, so yeah, how I like to think of it is that before you probably used to think of your food as, or your plate as protein and then a vegetable or something. And now instead, think of the different nutrients, the micro, so we have macronutrients, which are the three major nutrients, carbohydrates, protein, and fat. Right. Um, and then we have micronutrients, which is vitamins and minerals. So firstly, what's amazing about plants, it's that they have fiber. and. Over 97% of 
people living in the United States, and I assume it's the same in Canada and almost all over the world now with um, modernized food, are lacking in fiber. That's and right. fiber, you know, f- like, yes, it's true that fiber is not actually a nutrient, like it doesn't contain vitamins, you basically poop it out. But it's crucial because what actually absorbs your nutrients. So you can eat tons of healthy food, but if they're not getting absorbed into your body, it means nothing. Um, So what actually absorbs this food is the bacteria in your body, which I find so fascinating. And we're finding out more and more information about this uh, nowadays. And in order for this bacteria to thrive in your body and help you absorb all these nutrients in the first place, they need food and their food is fiber. So that is why eating plant-based is definitely not nutrient deficient. It's so critical. Um, And so once you have that, once you're getting all that amazing fiber and you're feeding your gut bacteria, and you know that you're going to absorb all this uh, beautiful nutrition. Um, so you, you, you should know that studies have found that actually plant-based eaters get much more nutrition overall. They get a lot more of all the vitamins and minerals. So the only nutrient to be um, emphasized as a supplement for everyone, and please, I don't want to hear that you get this through spirulina or I don't know what, because you Nutritional don't. Nutritional yeast. Yeah, or nutritional yeast. I'm like, no, 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 no. But but I eat nutritional yeast. I'm like, no, please. I don't want to. B12. Please, please, please take your B12. Um, You can run out of B12 overnight. And it's not actually happening, but it's just, you know, the test um, can be slow to show it. It stores in all these different ways and all of a sudden runs out. So basically, even if you have B12 for years from eating meat before, it doesn't mean that you're still going to have it. So take your B12. Even meat eaters are B12 deficient as well. That's what I've read. I've read a bunch of studies about uh, people who are eating plant-based, pro- or sorry, not plant-based, animal protein have been showing deficiencies in B12. Yeah, because we don't even get B12 from animals. We actually get it from bacteria in the soil. And because now we are um, chlorinating everything, the water, you know, we're trying to be very clean and basically killing bacteria, which is really good for eliminating certain diseases, but it's very harmful for the bacteria. That's one of the reasons that you shouldn't obsessively wash your hands or even clean your body, like soap up everything um, in your body because you're killing all that beneficial bacteria, which there are so many strains of, and they live in different nooks and crannies of your body. So you don't want to kill it. Um, So that's what we're doing to the B12 in the soil. So animals just eat the B12 and they give it to you, but they're like a, you know, a middle person basically. A middle man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, so take your B12. Um, Other than that, it's not that you have to worry about every single nutrient. You just have to make sure that you're eating a well-balanced diet. So when I plan my food, I always think of all the different um, categories of food that, that are really important to eat throughout the day. And I always kind of think, oh, did I have my legumes today? Did I have my greens, my whole grains, my fruits, vegetables, and then flax seeds and, and spices, which are very nutrient dense, um, seaweed a few times a week. Um, so basically what I really love and re- refer people to is uh, Dr. Gregor's Daily Dozen, which you can download an app 
um, the Daily Dozen app, and that goes through all of these things that you can just check off. And as long as you're checking them off and eating enough of these foods, which is really easy to do, um, and of course, if you don't do this perfectly every single day, you're not you're going to be fine. But mostly, you know, um, most every day, just have this list and go through it you're going to get your nutrients and you'll be fine. I promise. Yeah. I, that's one of the things that is like a, a daily conversation with some people. It's like, you know, you're probably more deficient eating a regular diet. Yeah. So. I mean, almost definitely. Like it's just, crazy. and there's, there is zero fiber in animal protein, mm-hmm. zero, like less yeah, than zero. <laughs> yeah, and it's just amazing what happens to your gut. I was talking, I interviewed um, Dr. Angie Sadegi, who is a gastroenterologist here in California. She's amazing. And she was telling me that if, even if like a plant based eater eats one meal of meat, your gut bacteria can change within hours of that meal. So mm-hmm. it really it has, I mean, it has a much worse effect on people who eat meat consistently because of TMAO, which is a really complicated compound that develops um, as a result of eating meat, which doesn't develop for plant-based eaters. But still, your gut bacteria is impacted by that animal protein meal within a few hours. So it's, it's just crazy, you know, what happens to your gut. And that's why I just, I appreciate plants every time i eat them i tell them thank you plants because you're giving me all this fiber and all this nutrition and i i'm sure that uh, meat eaters are a lot more deficient than us plant eaters and it all goes back to of course the meat and dairy industry is really wanting really wanting to grow their business and so really um kind of spreading myths about nutrition out there that are completely incorrect. So, yeah. And I think that there's some fear with them right now because of how plant-based the plant-based lifestyle is just in full swing. So I think that like they're, I I'm watching more and more dairy commercials and stuff like that, really trying to like sway people and put fear into them and say like, no, you need to eat this and you need to drink your milk and all this stuff. So it's kind of like, it's funny when you see the trend that's happening and then all of these added commercials that are coming out and you're like, oh, maybe it's you that's getting scared now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One of the things that I like to ask people and who are usually either people who I, random people who I meet or people who are on the fence about going plant-based is I like to ask them this question or a few questions. I like to ask, uh, like, what if you didn't have to give up your favorite flavors? Uh, Would it be easier to make that transition? Or what if you could make a healthier version of a traditional recipe without sacrificing the taste and the texture and the flavors? Or even better, what if you could receive all of those health benefits and those vitamins and nutrients or minerals rather from let's say a sweet potato without actually having to taste it because it's hidden in a brownie. And usually people are like, well, can you do that? I'm like, <laughs> well, yes, you just make these small adjustments and you do this. And I give them my brownie recipe and they're like, OMG. Um, so maybe you can share some of your tricks on say taking a traditional recipe or a traditional meal that you loved in the past and how, how did you make it healthy and how did you make it taste similar to the original? 
Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I really do think it's a mindset thing for sure. Again, because I enjoy, like we talked about, I enjoy plant-based food so much more than I ever enjoyed any food in my whole life. I am so excited to eat and it's kind of a problem because I'm always like, I think I want five things right now. Like, yeah, me too. I want everything. How do I decide? So it's just people are just scared because they're not used to it. But a few things I can mention. So um, it's really cool because my grandmother moved here to live with us a few months ago to, oh, with my parents. Nice. Yeah. And, and my parents and my grandmother is Ukrainian and she's really, I mean, she, um, her whole life was like a meat and potatoes person. Oh yeah. And of I course she... Yeah. Ukrainian, right? Yeah. And of course she has diabetes, cholesterol, all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, no, she doesn't have cholesterol, but she has high blood pressure and um, hypertension and stuff like that. Uh, And anxiety. And like, she would have to take um, sleeping pills to even sleep the night. And my parents told her, look, if you're moving, you have to know we're plant-based in the house and this is how we eat. And she said, yes. So she's been eating plant-based. She has been uh, veganizing all of her favorite Ukrainian recipes. And she's an awesome cook. Yeah, it's so cool because she's an awesome cook. And I just, like, I remember when she first moved, she was just watching me in the kitchen. And first of all, I realized, oh my God, I enjoy cooking because of you. Because uh, <laughs> I, I guess I would watch her in the kitchen, but I never liked to cook until I cook plant-based, but I was explaining to her how my mind is working while I'm cooking. And it wasn't like, Oh, here, grandma, like here's a recipe you should make. But it was more like, okay, we need all the flavors in the sauce. We need it to be sweet, salty, sour, um, and fatty, you know, all of the things. And how are we going to do that? So then I was showing her how I was putting it together and she's like, okay, okay, okay. And then she just started creating these things. So for example, Um, She would like a traditional um, Ukrainian dish is these cabbage leaves that were stuffed with meat. Mm -hmm. So instead of stuffing them with meat, she made it with brown rice and lentils. And then this is what I wanted to share with everyone because not a lot of people know about this and it's really awesome. Honestly, I don't like meat. I never liked it. Never. Like I was forced to eat it when I was a kid. I always hated it. But even my grandma says these things are a perfect meat replacement is soy curls. So have you ever tried them? No. Yeah, they're really awesome. They are basically these like dry bits of soy. The only ingredient in them is soy. And they are slightly processed, but not, I mean, there's no oil. There's no, literally it's only soy that I think is like dehydrated and then reshaped into this new shape. And all you have to do with it is soak it for 10 minutes and then you cook it in some kind of sauce. So, um, it's, I mean, the texture, like sometimes it freaks me out because it's so much like really? meat. Yeah, it's oh freaky. Gosh. It's really freaky. I made orange chicken with it. People can see I have a uh, recipe on my Instagram. Orange chicken, I made like a chicken Caesar salad. I mean, it's amazing. And soy is just so good for you as a side note. I must add that yeah um as long as it's in whole form and my grandma loves it yeah it really reminds her of meat she just cuts it into like small pieces inside the cabbage 
rolls and it's really great. Um, and then I really was a huge cheese addict. So if you are as well, mm-hmm. you can make nut cheeses. I mean, they are fatty, but they are so much healthier than um, dairy cheese and they don't have to contain oil and they're actually fermented. I've got lots of recipes on my website. They're fermented, uh, which is good for your bacteria as well, your gut bacteria. And they seriously, to me, taste like cheese. They're incredible. Um, so there's a lot of ways to make them. Usually I'll do it with a probiotic. It's pretty easy to do. Um, and then other than that, I would say um, explore the food. Like what I like to do is say, oh, I want to try maybe a Mexican dish that I will veganize. Or I would like, I like to draw from different cultures or like a Middle Eastern um, or, you know, and all these cultures also have vegan foods that are naturally, you know, naturally vegan. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mexican food is my favorite. I never used to like it before, but it's so good to make like cashew sour cream, to make mock meat with lentils and walnuts and to make guacamole, which is already vegan Mm -hmm. and make oil-free nachos in the oven. I mean, you can make so many things, quesadillas and and just different wraps. It's delicious. Um, And then of course, Middle Eastern. um, I'm, I was, uh, living in Jerusalem for a while, and I'm consider myself Middle Eastern, and um, you know falafel, and you know Arabic food is amazing, and hummus, and yes. different tabbouleh, and different salads. I mean, there's so like you're gonna be amazed because it's just a wealth of dishes. It's not just meat and potatoes, and it's so exciting what you can create. Oh, totally agree, and I I say this all the time, but our dinners are well breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but more specifically our dinners, which we're lacking, are just so much more exciting. And I don't think we've had the same thing for dinner in, unless certain things I like to make again because it was so delicious, but I don't think we've had the same thing for dinner in like maybe a month. So it's always something different. I just switch up the sauces. I switch up the spices and I may use the same ingredients, but it gives a whole different taste with a different flavor. Yeah, so couldn't fun. agree more. It's just, it's so fun. I think you and I need to get together and make Absolutely. <laughs> I know. Uh, the next time I'm out there, we're going to have to do it. Yes. So final question for you. Mm-hmm. And this is a question I'm sure you've heard. If you, if, if you guys listen to the podcast regularly, then this is definitely something that you know that I'm about to ask. And it's if you could go back and change anything about the early stages of your transition to plant-based nutrition, would you do anything to, or make any changes? And if so, what changes would you have made? Mm. Um. I'm all, I'm inclined to say yes and no. Um, what I was really lucky about is that I was a raw vegan, and so I didn't eat uh, processed foods, you know, highly processed foods that are available now, yeah. um, which is really great because I don't crave them, and the vegan diet can actually be unhealthy because of all these processed foods. So I'm really, really glad that I went straight to fruits and vegetables and fell in love with them. But one thing I would change is to really not rely on bloggers and, um, you know, just, just people who are, um, expressing their personal journey, but rather 
look into plant-based, um, evidence-based nutrition. There are so many doctors out there right now that are championing this uh, lifestyle, like Dr. Neil Barnard, Angie Sadeghi, uh, Dr. Greger, Dr. McDougall, Dr. Furman, Doug Lyle. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on and on. And they have great books, the China study. I mean, there's so many. They have great books. Some of them are very practical, especially Dr. Greger is my favorite because he is really the person who helped me with my PMS the most, incorporating soy, incorporating turmeric, incorporating flax seeds. Um, those things that are anti-inflammatory really helped me get rid of this terrible pain. So yeah, incorporating science-based food choices is the biggest thing I would do. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that there's so many fly by the night type of um, fads that happen from time to time. But when it comes to evidence-based nutrition, then that's something that's sustainable. That's something that you can have peace of mind knowing that what you're doing isn't going to have adverse side effects later on down the line because there's been so many studies that have and research that has been done. Yeah. So I think that when you're looking into it, you want to find, you want to be thoughtful as well. Like you want to think, yes, you want to discover your why, but you also want to say like, okay, what's my circumstance? Where am I right now? And, and where do I want to be? And a lot of people I think want to try certain diets because they want to attain something, let's say like weight loss, for example, faster, but we all know what happens in the end. You may lose 10 pounds in a week, but, or two weeks for that matter. But the thing is a month later, you're back, if not weighing more than you were originally, and it's just not sustainable. So definitely being smart about your choices and choosing evidence-based nutrition is definitely one of the smarter things that I did in my life. Um, so I love that answer. So thank you so much for coming on. You are amazing. Thank you so much. I love, love, love chatting with you. The best way to spread the word about the amazing benefits of healthy living through plant-based food, fitness, and wellness is to share it with your friends and family. You can do this in person or through the various social media platforms out there. I'm so thankful for each and every like, share, and comment. And if you're looking for more food, fitness, and wellness inspos, please visit the jenniferz.com website. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Jennifer Z community. And until next time, stay happy, healthy, and plant-based.